Curriculum Associates presents Extraordinary Educators with hosts Sari Labaris and Danielle Sullivan. Get ready to hear tips, best practices, and success stories to improve your teaching, leadership, and drive student learning. We're here for you. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Extraordinary Educator Podcast. I'm Danielle. And I'm Sari. And this week, we are joined by Nellie Pagan, who is a former Extraordinary Educator from the first class ever of 2020. She was a teacher in New York City, and now she is a vice principal. Whoop, whoop. And I started off our conversation by asking her what's what's new in her world. And oh my goodness, there's so much that she is doing. This episode is packed with interesting ideas of how to vertical plan in elementary school. And she really breaks it down to make it really, um, I guess, actionable for any leader listening and teacher to bring it to your school. Here she is. Hey, Nellie, welcome back to the podcast. We're so excited to be speaking with you. So just what have you been up to? What's going on in your world? Um, I've been working a lot. We're working currently with our vertical teams, um, really looking at our school-wide data um, and thinking about what promising practices we had prior to the pandemic hitting and just thinking of things that we can continuously do regardless of what curriculum um, choices, let's say our district makes. So we've been really working with our vertical teams building up the capacity for our K through fifth grade teachers. Um, we're also part of a collaborative um, between ourselves and other New York City public schools and with a really primary focus on literacy. Lots going on. Lots going on. So can we unpack that a little bit? Um, what are the promising practices that you're focused on? And for the for the listeners who may not be as versed in awesome uh, school structures, can you also talk about what vertical teams are? Absolutely. So vertical teams are, we have what we call horizontal teams. And those are your grade teams, right? So if you have a second grade team band, let's say if you have uh, two classes on a grade, four classes on a grade, that's your horizontal team. So that's where you provide them common planning time and they can plan together as a grade for um, their grade band. But vertical teams is where you're taking a representative from each grade and you're working vertically. So you'll have a K, a first, a second grade, third, fourth and fifth grade, depending on, you know, um, the structure of your school. And they work together as well. And what's great about that is that it gives everyone a lens as to what students need prior to entering that grade, right? What's going to happen um, once children leave the grade that a teacher is teaching. So it really opens up conversations, um, especially depending on what your focus area is. So for us, it was really literacy thinking about, um, our state scores, thinking about phonics instruction for our K-2, and really thinking about what that promising practice could be. And for us, it was something called close reading. All right. Tell us more. <laughs> I'd love to hear more um, just in terms of what you all are focusing on for literacy and then why you chose close reading and kind of the important pieces of that. So we focus on the lens of close reading. And what we did was as we developed our vertical teams, we have a reading and writing, a math and culture and climate team. Our reading and writing teams really looked into protocols. And again, we came up with a three-day close read protocol. So what it is, is we came up with universal annotation symbols, right? So from K through fifth grade, obviously not kindergartners are not going to use all the annotation symbols, but they're going to use some when they're anchoring themselves in a, a particular text. So we're looking at what we call thinking jobs. 
thinking about how we think about a fiction text versus a fable. How do we look at nonfiction versus poetry, right? As readers, our minds kind of shift when we come across a text, depending on what it looks like, right? Depending on the structure, whether the visuals are there, if there's spacing in between sentences. So we really wanted to arm our kids with as many strategies to really just look at a text and already know, okay, if I'm looking um, at a poetry um, or a poem, I'm really thinking about the deeper meaning and the literal meaning. What was um, you know, the poet literally meaning when they wrote this poem? And what can I inference if I dig a little deeper? So that's what we're doing. We develop our protocol. We have, um, we're picking our text from a particular platform. We're doing a cold read the first day, maybe like two or three times. The second day, we're really now we're digging deep. We're thinking about um, the thinking jobs. How am I thinking about this text? Now, what connections am I making? Are there some unfamiliar words? Um, am I making a connection, a connection to another text? that I've read, making a connection to myself or something in the world that I know relates to me. And then the third day is when I'm taking a question and now I'm answering it using evidence. So for our littles, as we call them, they were really focusing on restating the question. So putting the question and the answer. And then for our upper grade students, it's really you know using a race protocol. They're restating, they're answering, answering question, citing evidence, and then explaining how that evidence supports their claim. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> just just, just working on a couple things in your uh, vertical teams and planning and the literacy focus. So how are you approaching supporting educators in doing this work and how is it going? Absolutely. So part of what we call vertical teams is we also have school-wide agreements, right? So that vertical team had to create a school-wide agreement. What are we committing to? So usually educators will use something like an if-then, if we, then students will we decided to drop the if and we're dedicating ourselves with a when. When we do this, our students will be able to do that. Um, we have teacher look fours, so two to three look fours that, you know, they're lab site classrooms, no matter if you go in, we can find these teachers doing this during this um, three-day protocol. We have student look fours based on the resources that we developed that we said are universal, like how many opportunities we're giving students to use these resources, how many opportunities are we giving them access to a close read protocol? And then we have administrative look fours and paraprofessional look fours. So the administrative look fours is how do we as a principal and assistant principal, what structures do we have and set in place that allow these teams to be successful? You know, dedicating uninterrupted time to make sure that they can plan together, um, dedicating every other Monday to meet as vertical teams. Um, creating structures so they can intervisit one another and really then refine those look fors. And even if the school-wide agreement, we said it's a like a year-long draft because we know um, when we first rolled it out, there were some kinks. So we had to revisit um, and we're very honest and transparent about things that don't work. Um, we noticed that the first day we couldn't just read the text one time. Our kids needed to hear it more than once. And we found that across K through fifth grade. So that's something we said, okay, day one, we're going to read as many times as needed. Um, there are certain things like having a document cam, right? Going back to the basics of annotating and showing kids what that looks like, you know, pencil to paper, not necessarily on a Promethean board or a smart board, just giving them actual like real life explicit modeling. 
Thank you for sharing all of that. I think it's sometimes hard for folks to understand the abstract. We're big picture planning or we're aligning vertically and horizontally, but what does that actually mean? And you just gave so many 1% solutions. I think from having the teacher, the admin, the student look fors, having that the structures in place to make this successful. I'm sure your teachers really appreciate the dedicated, non-negotiable time to meet and plan. And it sounds so simple, but you know, having that in place can really make all of the difference, as you know, for students. Um, one last question before we close out. I'm curious when you all are deciding um, the curriculum, whether it's district or school-based, what do you look for in, in, in a literacy program that allows you to um, meet and exceed the goals that you've set out for your close reading? Absolutely. So we first ground ourselves in our data, right? So when we're looking at a literacy program, we want to ensure that it's really going to benefit our students, right? What do our students need? Um, and as we looked at our data, we know that in K2, we need a strong um, ELA program that focuses on phonics, right? We're really looking intentionally at what resources do they provide for next steps in small groups. If all that is pre-planned and it kind of aligns um, with our goals and our needs, that's where we go through. Um, if it has more visuals and resources, if there are books that come with it, books that are, you know, culturally represent our students too, um, that's a really big key component for us as well. Obviously, when we roll out something new, we want our teacher feedback because that planning piece as well, we want to make sure that it's teacher friendly, um, that it makes sense. You know, can they plan across the grade? How does it address our students with disabilities? How does it address our students, our ENL students, right? How does it address um, some of the inequities, right? Some of our kids, this is their first experience in school. Um, they've they've come out of a pandemic. Some kids were online, some were in the building. Um, so there's a lot of various components that we think about, but definitely having access to resources and, and next steps, I think that is where most schools struggle when um, they look at curriculum. And if it doesn't provide that, it takes a lot of planning. Um, so we heavily focus on um, next steps and especially phonics, just making sure that it's it's a robust curriculum. It covers everything. Well, we appreciate your time and your thoughtfulness and your leadership because it sounds like you are just doing an amazing wonderful job. So thank you so much for taking the time to share all of your expertise with us. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Nellie. As always, you can leave us a review where you listen to podcasts as it really helps us reach more educators like you. And if you feel so inclined, please subscribe so you can get episodes downloaded right to your phone. Follow us on Twitter at Curriculum Asoch and on Instagram at MyIReady. If you have feedback, a topic of interest, want to be a guest or have a question, please email extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. This is about you. We're here for you. So until we meet again, be you, be true, be extraordinary. The Extraordinary Educators podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates. Editing by Danielle Sullivan. Social media by At City Hannon. Guest booking by Sari Liberis. Music by Mark Bernstein. This podcast is copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Curriculum Associates and on Instagram at MyIReady and send your emails to extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. 